it's endlessly fascinating to me. So what would have happened if I hadn't asked you? I mean, maybe we both would have drifted on without doing it. Welcome to episode 86 of Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations to feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Louise Fletcher. And me, Alice Sheridan. And this week's episode is a celebration because on Tuesday evening, so the evening of last week's release, we reached 500,000 downloads of this podcast. 500,000 downloads. That just makes my brain start melting. It's a big number. It's a huge number. And the thing is, it's growing each week. So when we went into lockdown, we'd been growing and then we saw it plummet for a little while which I'm sure everybody did um people were distracted we saw it it it, I mean plummet it didn't go down to nothing but we saw it drop significantly or the do you mean drop or do you mean the growth slowed no we actually dropped if you look at that graph yeah we actually dropped and I bet every podcaster did you know for the first few weeks there was kind of people couldn't think straight and Mm. all that fear And then we've just steadily climbed ever since and way exceeded where we were before the lockdown. And it's lovely because until until now, we haven't done any advertising. So this is just us telling people, other people telling people. It's all down to you, lovely listeners. Lovely listeners from all across the world. It's incredible, isn't it? And here we are. What makes me laugh is I still see people who want to start podcasts and they're all worried about mics and platforms and launching it. And I always kind of pipe up really sheepishly. We just did it with headphones plugged into my (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, so um, we'll come back to this when we get to our main topic, but I did want to mention that I looked up for some statistics because it's hard to find out anything about other people's podcasts and how many listeners they get. But I did find find an article um, quoting stats on podcast listenership. And it said the most successful podcast episode they looked at in a given week had 50,000 downloads in the first 30 days, which is what you measure. Apparently you measure the first 30 days of an episode. If an episode has 6,000 down, sorry, 9,000 downloads in the first 30 days, it's in the top 5% of all podcasts. And 3,400 downloads in the first 30 days makes you in the top 10%. And the average podcast gets 141 downloads in a month. And we are averaging 6,000 plus. So that puts us between five and 10, the top 5 and 10% of all podcasts. And given that we're in such a niche category, I think that's amazing. Who knew there were so many artists out there wanting for things to listen to while they work? Yeah. Actually, do you know what? The interesting thing is, before we go back into what was working on, I think that's why we thought it would be good fun to start, didn't we? That it would be things, it it just seemed a perfect match for artists to listen to while they work. But actually, when we ask you guys, what do you do when you're listening? I would say working is only about 40% of the replies. Most of you listen, driving, walking the dog, doing the housework. 
And I think it's just a nice thing from that point of view. It keeps you in touch, doesn't it? Anyway, thank you all. Because yeah, otherwise, you. it's funny. We sit here and we chat and we, I kind of, you know, I just said thank you all. But we chat to each other. We are thinking about you, but we're also not thinking about you because really the idea of, like if I was standing up in front of a hall talking to 6,000 people, I would be terrified. Yeah. Seriously, seriously terrified. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, that is never going to happen. But it's, it's still just us chatting. And I just think it's an, it's an amazing situation. And um, I don't know, it's very interesting butterfly effect. Anyway, we can come back to that. Yes, let's come back to that. And why don't we go, first of all, you tell me what you've been working on this week. Well, we, um, since we last spoke, we've kind of come back from a little bit of um, time away. So back to home, very much a back to school feeling, which I know is mixed, particularly this year. It's a bit, it's a bit weird and it's a bit odd. But things like we came back to the house and it looked like the Adams family house. The spiders have clearly been having a crazy time. We have trees outside the front of our house, which over the dry weather, they've started dropping brown leaves already. Um, we had a bottle of milk, which I'd forgotten to cancel, which kind of erupted in the heat and left a lovely Vesuvius spilt off milk nice. explosion all over the front step, <laughs> which smelt really good, as you can imagine, really good. Yeah. So yesterday I thought, fine, I'm going to have a spring clean of the front of the house and sweep everything up. And it felt really good to just be doing something physical. Um, I've had an enormous box of edges delivered. Do you know what I mean? Those foam, yes, foam edges. And um, I think you can. So lots of people, uh, sometimes people use pipe insulation, but apparently they can mark things. Um, so you can get that pipe insulation from DIY stores, which I have to say didn't occur to me. I was, I was on a packaging website ordering something else and I thought it's time to get some of these edges. You know, I'm going to be proper. Uh, partly to protect not canvases but bigger paintings that are framed and need storing that I don't want to get little knocks in because that's really expensive then so like it's worth now investing in these big edges anyway I knew there was going to be quite a big box because they're two meter lengths and I had to get 50 strips of it anyway this box arrived it could barely fit through my front door so we've been living around this giant box. So I took it to the studio. And actually you get through them pretty quickly because on a meter painting, of course, you use two complete strips. Yeah. The edges. So I went into the studio yesterday to, to do some of that for some paintings that are ready to go away. And um, it's quite exciting. It's quite nice to be back in the space. So without a particular event ahead for the end of the year, I am really looking forward to just having some fun in the studio it feels like where I was a year ago it's bizarre hmm. um and then I've got an event I'm taking part in the art wave festival in Sussex so I've got some some new pieces which I'm picking up this week um but mainly that's a group show so there's 13 artists um exhibiting in the cowshed collective in Sussex so anybody local so that's going to be fun because that's going to be my first post-covid event so it's kind of outsidey but in a cow shed obviously so how the visiting is managed that will be my first experience and we have no idea whether people are going to be desperate to come out or no one's going to come yeah no, do you 
I don't know. Just judging from everywhere I go, all around me, where I live is not a tourist area. Thankfully, no one knows we exist, but everywhere around us are tourist areas. And everywhere I go, there are people, too, too many people who don't belong there. It's getting, I'm getting really grumpy. Like, you do not normally come to Ilkley Moor. Why are you here cluttering up my moor and spoiling it? Which is really not fair. But it, it seems to me, just my sense of it is that people are desperate for things to do, places mm. to go and to get out. And so they're just going anywhere that they can think of. So you might find it's really crowded. Well, I know that, um, so somebody in Connected Artists, Tracy Ross, she's, she's just had, it looked amazing. She did a fantastic job and her work is beautiful. She's just had a solo show in a, in a church space, which looked gorgeous um, in Norfolk. And she's had, she said she's been amazed at how many visitors they've had coming in um obviously she's been promoting it but just a lot of passing traffic and people coming mm-hmm. in and interested and in buying and so so that bodes well i haven't had time to catch up with her at the end i think it finishes tomorrow so but have a look at her website tracy ross um, and see the kind of work that she does so yeah hopefully hopefully people are ready for something we'll see we'll see what about you well i've had a really good art week actually um, I, I said a few weeks ago that I'd been working on this Ted Hughes inspired project for uh, about a year and a half. And you said, oh, that's no time at all. And I was thinking it was, you know, just forever. forever and I should have produced something. But it, just in the last few weeks, things are coming together. I'm I'm having one of those times where paintings that had sat there, one for nearly a year, mm. I spent two hours on and pretty much sorted it out. I just have to do some tiny little delicate tweaks, but it's almost done. Just in two hours, even though I haven't been able to do anything to it for nearly a year because I didn't know what to do. So it's that, that's, and I know now it's just, it is a cycle and I'll have these times and you've just got to make the most of them when they come, I think. And um, so I've moved a lot of paintings on. I'm really excited by what's happening both the sanded paintings and somewhere I'm building up paint and still keeping that idea of time depth and palimpsests, but doing it in different ways. And it's all moving forward. And then I got an email out of the blue from a a lady who bought something a couple of years ago. And so I can now officially call her a collector because (laughs) she came back and she said, she emailed me out of the blue and said, this painting I saw two years ago, I don't suppose you still have it. And it's one of two that I do still have out of everything that was, that she'd seen then this one I still have. And it was one of my favorites. And as always, your favorite sticks around for ages. So I did still have it. She, she said, can I come and see it? And this is the first time I've had, I've allowed anyone into the studio since lockdown. So I said, we, you know, we'll do a socially distanced visit. You can come and see it. And then I just had this thought before she arrived that the last painting she bought was blue. This is blue. I have very few blue paintings, but I do have a big diptych, which funnily enough was the painting that you critiqued with me two years ago. Um, and I made changes to it after that. And I never knew if I'd finished it or not. So it was sitting there in storage. Mm. And I thought, oh, just for something for her to look at, I'll put that out in the studio as well, this diptych, because it's blue and I know she likes blue. And you never know. So 
she came in and she and she saw the one she liked oh yes I'd like that and then she saw the diptych and she asked how much it was and when I told her she said oh that's probably too much at the moment um and then she carried on looking at it and we carried on chatting and then and then I, I asked her where she thought she might go in the house and where it might look good and all of that. And they were buying a new house, so they had a wall for it. They could picture where it would go in the new house. And then she said, well, if I was to buy all three, would there be any kind of a, of a discount? And I oh, said, I love yes. that question. I love it when someone asks that because you know <laughs> that's what they really want. Yeah. So I said, yes, absolutely. Because I was very happy with that. There were three, mm. you know, paintings that I'm not going to show anywhere because they're a little bit out of what I'm doing now but I still love them anyway so they left with well they took one and I've got to varnish and seal the others which I'm doing now but they left happy I felt really good so it was kind of a clearing out of the old and not not just as in putting it on a bonfire it was a clearing out of the old to go to a house where they're going to be loved by somebody and what was also lovely about it was she told me as soon as we knew we were buying this house I knew I wanted to buy another painting of yours to put in it because I love your work and I want your work to kind of come with us in our lives as we, they're quite young, they're a young couple with a young daughter. Anyway, so it was a lovely, lovely experience and they have this little girl with them and she's called Bonnie and I said, hello Bonnie, I remember you, you, you're bigger than you were last time I saw you and she said, oh yes, I'm five now, I think I was three the last time you met me. <laughs> like she was like five years old going on 35 years old so anyway yeah lovely couple and my paintings are going to a good home so all in all with being inspired with work and with having that nice surprise come when I wasn't marketing anything it was just really a good week and a great lesson in the patience that we need patience I think is one of the things that I find yeah. hardest absolutely hardest but both in the sense of finishing a painting that's been around a while and you know when there's a painting that's around a while you're like oh I don't know I can't even make decisions about my own work how can I even tell how do I even call myself an artist if I can't work out with brother all of those kind of things and then you know when somebody wants to buy it and then when they come back and you know that they've been quietly watching for a while patience 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 I'll just leave you with can I just say a funny thing that's relative yeah. apropos of nothing Yes, but maybe relative to Bonnie, who, um, okay, so she was three last time. A friend of mine shared a video. I don't know if it was a, a little girl that she knows or one that was going around the internet. You know, very cute three-year-old child standing, looking at flowers, pretty little girl. And then she's standing there and she's saying, she's saying she's got bubbles going and the bubbles are blowing about in the breeze and the bubbles are blowing about and she's going, bubbles, no come back bubbles come back and then very quietly under her voice she says fuck's sake <laughs> made me laugh so hard it was so brilliant because I just thought this child is just gonna go off to nursery school and she just looks angelic and then just like under her breath like she's got this, she's got this nailed oh, from mum never know <laughs> clearly from mum and I showed it to I showed it to Amy and Amy said yeah that was probably me and I said no I didn't start swearing around you until you were at least 10 <laughs> <laughs> anyway apropos of nothing I'm sure Bonnie was lovely but there we go three-year-olds <laughs>
So our main topic, when we discovered we'd got to 500,000 downloads, I messaged Alice and said, should we do a podcast episode about the story of the podcast? And Alice very wisely said, um, is there enough to talk about with the story of the podcast? (laughs) That'll be like five minutes and then what? So then we decided we'd kind of broaden it out. And because really what it comes down to is this idea of, the things you decide to do and the things you decide not to. Like, what if I had chickened out about asking you to do a podcast and tried to do one on my own? Um, What if you had then started one with someone else because you had an idea to do a podcast? Would we have done better or would we have done worse? Um, Would we still be doing it? Like, if I'd done it on my own, probably can't think I would have got to 86 episodes I'd have run out some things to talk about long ago and those questions plus this novel that I'm reading prompted today's theme so this novel I'm reading is a Penelope Lively I mentioned her the other week and I'm going Mm -hmm. through her books and and they're always about time and in this book the main character is this what's the title it's called Cleopatra's Sister Mm -hmm. Um, and and it's two stories, and one story is all about this ancient land where Cleopatra's sister is supposed to have ruled, and it's made up. And the other story is about this very boring paleontologist and his life. And um, he is reflecting on the fact in this passage that he bought a particular flat because he happened to come across it one day. And then because he bought this flat, it had all kinds of problems and he spent years working out these problems and his life changed in various ways. And in, it says he had lost his innocence in various ways and all because on a particular morning he walked down one street rather than another. When he thought about this, it surprised him that we accept the knowledge with such equinim- equanimity. The course of an individual life has to be seen as a dizzying maze through which wanders this thread of actuality an uncertain purpose picking its way up this path and eschewing that one, directed by nothing except the existence of a set of choices. It is a prospect which should make it almost impossible to face each day with reasonably steady nerves, which nevertheless most people manage to do. So I just love that. But the idea that when you think about it, it's just this vast uncertain and my hero Gary V constantly says, just pick a decision. Don't agonize over a decision. Because yeah. whichever one you make, you can't possibly know if it's the right one or the wrong one. No. Pick one and then go do it. And it's just, it's endlessly fascinating to me. So what would have happened if I hadn't asked you? I mean, maybe we both would have it's, drifted you know, on without doing it. Well, this is the thing is that what would have happened, it that's almost an irrelevant it's an irrelevant question it's a totally irrelevant question because you never know what the outcome would have been to things that didn't happen like that you said no to you never know what the outcome because, i mean it is it's total sliding doors alternate universe you can spend your time thinking about that and wondering wondering about that and or you just do what you're going to do from now onwards but you just never 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 know now more interesting perhaps is what would have happened if we had started the podcast and it had flatlined 
Mm. But if we hadn't seen, so in those early days, in those early days, we got really excited, like when we had 200 people listen, because we thought like six people would listen initially. (laughs) (laughs) So we were excited. And then we could see that there was this little steady growth that we were like massive excited about at the time. We'd be like, oh, did you see 500 people listen this week? And every little, every little threshold start you know we kind of celebrated to each other and we were like oh this is fun this is fun but and it's easy actually in those situations it's easy to say well should we keep going with the podcast yeah because clearly people are enjoying it and it's you know having an impact otherwise everybody would stop listening but if we hadn't seen that if we hadn't had those little positive things to keep us going I think that's an interesting question would we have stopped yeah what do you reckon? I'm just trying to think of other things I've done and when I stopped and when I've kept going. And I do think there's something to, <clears throat> there's got to be some kind of reward, hasn't there? Mm. And sometimes like in painting, the reward is often just in the process, but, but often the reward is some kind of external motivation or validation or something. And it, it's not even the validation so much as wouldn't it have felt a bit pointless if we realized we we come here, we have a chat, and really not very many people care. So we could probably do something better with an hour a week. Than no, but always but then about. you see, are we still showing up and doing it because people are listening, or are we still doing it because actually it's quite fun, it's an interval to the week. I mean, I know I've spoken to you about wanting a break every now and again, but I wouldn't want to stop doing it because mm. I enjoy the to and fro that we have. You know, I even enjoy thinking of what are we going to talk about this week? What's relevant? You know, it stimulates me. So in that sense, I, I'm not sure how much. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's lovely to have those kind of that sort of response. Mm. The other thing that just made me think when you were talking now is like we never set a target for ourselves. We didn't start off doing this with okay, we will have, it will be successful when we reach, I don't know, I don't even know what we would have said, because we didn't know, did we? Like, we didn't know how many, how many downloads a week, how many people listening, how do we even know what that's going to be? We never had a target, it's just done its own thing, and maybe there's something in that, that as long as you keep paying attention to the, why are you showing up, why are you doing it, is it still fun? I think if it, if it started to become not fun, then yeah. the question is, what do we change in order to make it fun again? Yes. Yeah, if it starts, the thing I was thinking, the things I've given up are the things that they start to feel like a slog. Mm. Then it's like, even, I'm not giving up writing my blog because I'm, I'm filled with new ideas for it again now. But I had for a long time not written very many blog posts because it's like, okay, what am I going to write about? I've got to come up with something. And so those are the things that trail off for me. But there's also a reward in it for me in being proud of what we've created. So it's something I'm proud of. And when I look at the number of episodes, I think, oh my goodness, like that's the other thing. We were only going to do 12 episodes first to see how it went because we didn't want to tie each other into something that maybe we didn't like doing 
now I look at it, it's a real, it's a thing we've created that will be there when we're not here anymore. Oh God, that's quite scary. And, or even when one of us stops or, you know, become, goes to, off to become a psychologist or something, who knows? That's going to happen. But, <laughs> but, but even the thing in that that I find interesting is that, that what you're proud and what I'm sort of proud of is the consistency of it, which is something that I actually find quite difficult that ongoing commitment and consistency and I think I said to you at the beginning if we do it together I you know there is much more chance like what would if you'd done it on your own I know I I can probably tell you for sure if I'd started one on my own it wouldn't have been me on my own very long I would either have given up or I would have been involved with talking to a lot more people more regularly I know we have had guests on it'd be mm -hmm. nice to do some more of those I do enjoy those um but I don't think I would have kept going with it. And yet the, the consistency of it is something that is difficult for me, actually. It, mm. So the fact that we've managed to do it is a good thing. But I think looking at it from the outside, it's very easy sometimes to say, oh, well, it's okay. You can do that every week because X, Y, Z. Whereas I'm just trying to say, no, this is, this is hard for me. But we still said well we're going to give it a try and see what happens and it is hard to fit it in a lot of weeks and and you know I've had people say oh well it's easy for you to do it because you and Alice are such good friends <laughs> no we're not <laughs> like we, we've become more friends now we've become more friendly but we're not we were not friends we didn't really know each other so that there was nothing easy actually about starting this and it could have been the reason I thought of asking you was I just had this instinctive sense that we would probably be able to have good conversations that would flow easily but I didn't know that for sure because I'd only ever really had a few conversations with you yeah so it could have been it could have been a disaster and so it wasn't e it's not easy because we're such good friends and it's not easy because it's just chatting because it's not, not easy because we knew the tech because we didn't no we didn't it's it's but it does be but it has become easier so when we first started it everything was a mountain to climb but like any new thing oh we've got to learn where do we find music how do we even get i remember my job was to look for hosting platforms and your yeah, job yeah. was to look for music we split the jobs up and all of it was new yeah and then one day there was a couple of episodes and then there were a few more and now there's 86 after this but it's yeah, it's gems, every one of them <laughs> what did you say gems every one of them <laughs> with a few small exceptions the other thing that's not easy is that there have been days doing this and I, I don't know if it was last week or the week before when I said to you I was really fed up when we came on not for any particular reason but I just was down it was a one of those days where I didn't feel good there have been days when I felt poorly there have definitely been days when you've had a lot of other stuff going on that you've had mm -hmm. to deal with. And so that's not, it's not easy to show up, but I suppose the fact that we've got a commitment to each other and now to people who are listening mm -hmm. is what keeps you showing up. Whereas if you're not feeling very well and you've got to write a blog post, you think, nah, who knows who's going to read it. And, and yeah, and it's just me. So I don't have to do that with a podcast. You kind of, you get the regular listeners with a blog, you have regular readers, but you don't know who they are or see them in the same way, I suppose. 
Yeah, and I think people, unless you've got a series that you know is coming out at a particular time that people are anticipating, you don't have that requirement to deliver to quite the same level. But I think I think having that and building that into what you have to do as an artist, as a you know, as a creative person we all know that there are ups and downs in flow in feeling like it in turning up in managing with family situations it's a kind of massive business lesson in that sense isn't it about showing yourself that you can do something that you wouldn't necessarily have anticipated that you could do well certainly that it's not like i said do you know what my key strengths are I'm really good at being consistent and showing up to things regularly. So doing a weekly podcast is going to be great for me. It was the, it was the complete opposite. And actually now, you know, if you, somebody says to me, well, you know, how good are you at being consistent? I, I, I can't say now I'm rubbish at being consistent because we've done this for a year and a half. So there's got to be something in there that has actually really pushed me on and into a different situation and I think that's where saying yes to things that feel uncomfortable that's where we get the massive the big benefits from in ways that we don't know at the beginning and this is the point even when things don't go the way you planned so say it had tanked say nobody had listened and we'd we'd a I'm not sure that we would have given up. We certainly wouldn't have given up on the first iteration. We no. would have gone, okay, well, let's try. Is it too, maybe we need it shorter. Maybe we need to bring more people in. Maybe we need to alternate episodes. You know, we'd have tried different things, I think, before we gave up. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I always just like to ask, you know, what do you have to lose and what do you have to gain? Even if it had stopped, there would still have been massive things that we would have learned along the journey of putting it together yeah I remember when I I asked you and you said yes I I wrote back to you oh I I wasn't expecting you to say yes or something like that and you said are you feeling is are you feeling that's a good thing or are you feeling like oh no I shouldn't have asked and I was definitely having that fear in a good way you know the like I wasn't having the fear oh what have I done now I was more having, oh my gosh, this is terrifying and exciting. Now I've got to do it. Yeah. And it's going to be really good. I just always felt like this was something that was going to be really good. And when I have to make those kind of, am I going to do yes or no? Or am I going to choose this or that person or this or that thing? It really is like a gut feeling for me now. Didn't used to be. I used to make lists and try and decide from lists of what to do. Pros and cons. and I, But I, I don't do that now because I know that I'll make the list fit the instinctive feeling I've got anyway yeah I might as well just do the instinctive feeling <laughs> that's so true <laughs> that is so true and, and I think it's quite good sometimes to play the game like you've got to make the alternative choice and then you go oh but I remember I remember yeah. when when you wrote to me I'm trying to see if I can find the exact email I think it was Facebook messages Oh, was it? Oh, will they go back that far? I don't know. And even if they do, will your internet take it back that far? Because it takes a while to get back. You've got a lot. I don't know. I can't find it on email. 
Yeah. Anyway, sure that's all because I just thought it would be quite funny. But you're right. In terms of actual gut instinct, I just thought, again, what have we got to lose? You know, yeah, this sounds, you know, this sounds fun. Why not? Let's give it a try. That was yeah. the thing. Yeah. Let's give it a try. Um, I like to try to set things up as a win-win in those situations. So, you know, the win, one win that we could never have foreseen is the podcast could be really great. You know, people could like it a lot. But I don't think that's not necessarily what we were intending, were we? We were just like, well, we'll just start it and see if it's fun and see where it goes. And that's yeah. probably a good a good decision to be, um, uh, a good way to be making decisions. Um, I've got something quite funny for you, though, because we talked about this in terms of sliding doors and like what you could have been. There, there's a film, isn't there, with, is it Kate Winslet? Is it Kate Winslet? No, it's Gwyneth. Is it? It's oh, yes. favourite right. Gwyneth. Yeah, so if she's things have gone a different way. So actually, when I was having a little bit of tidy up, my, my parents brought round my school reports. So oh, I was ha- you should have told me I've got mine. Mine are classic. <laughs> okay, you can do some for next week. I had a little browse through and I thought, what indications could there have been in there that I could have done something different? So the first set of things in there is from my ballet class really not could I have been a dancer good but you need to hold the ankles firmly when standing I have failing ankles so that one's out of the window um I rather like this one uh this is from and these are all handwritten look at these I know know slips of paper this is when I was age eight it says this is English Alice is capable of producing a very high standard of results. She sometimes does, but all too frequently finds it more satisfying to concern herself with the activities of others. <laughs> oh, it's quite amusing. Look at this bossy boots. <laughs> and this one, this one's going to make you laugh. This is Latin. I didn't really see the point of Latin. <laughs> Teacher could tell that. She said... Alice quickly loses patience when an effort is required. (laughs) With more application, she could do well. And I even remember reading that at the time and thinking, well, I can tell you something, I'm not going to be applying myself to Latin. I didn't go to the kind of school where we did Latin, so I never had to worry about that. Oh, I just remember being really irritatingly precocious in Latin. And then I've got two completely different um, topics. Same subject. This is A-level now. (laughs) This is the same subject, two different teachers. One says, she has worked very well. She earns B grades, although deserves to to do better. She is too passive in lessons and not thinking on her feet enough. The other one, same subject, says... I have become increasingly impressed with Alice's work. She takes an active, increasingly leading part in the discussion and has strong ideas. It's the same subject. (laughs) Must have liked one teacher more than the other. Oh my goodness me. I think one was physical geography and all about rocks. I wasn't really that interested in that. And the other one was probably the people and set up space. So yeah, there was no clear lead of what else I was going to do in there. That's for sure. Although the art one is pretty good, it has to be said. What does it say about art? What does it say about art? Which is the art one? This is art. This is the end of A-level. Blah, 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 blah. Exam papers. 
Certainly her work was one of the highest standards that we have seen at X school. She has been a real example of a dedicated student. Her academic standard was won not by gift, but by hard, relentless work and a committed interest. Any student who follows her example could do the same, but it costs. She has been an inspiration and I thank her, wishing her well for the future. Oh, it was a bit better than Latin, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit clear where you were supposed to be heading from those comments, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh well next week I'll dig mine out because they're quite amusing and I don't know if art's mentioned because I only got to do art until I was like 14 and then yeah you said you they wouldn't let you do it yeah but um but there might be some comments in there I know in my primary school report there was something about my nice drawing but there was what was clear from my school reports and probably the same as yours is I had no interest in the things Mm. that that I haven't ended up doing I had interest in English language English literature and art and that was it and the rest of it was just I was just passing the time until I could get away from there didn't care about economics and German and French and science and none of it and now it's turned out that I still don't so Phil spends his time watching documentaries about science and history and I just don't have an interest in those things my interests were always very laser focused on writing and and art that was it but isn't and isn't that the kind of thing that comes out of that and this discussion is that actually you will put the time and effort into something or making something work if you're interested in it and if it's important to you if you're not you won't bother you'll be the one sitting at the back of the class scribbling on the inside of the desk or you're the one who has fun with it and and just keeps going because you're going to keep going at it anyway and that's the thing isn't it so when you're trying to decide am I going to do something it's that thing of am I going to enjoy it at least you might not know for sure but do I think I'm going to enjoy it because if you're not it's just another burden that you place on yourself and it's the same with the subjects we choose for our painting so in my course I have quite a few beginners as well as a lot of experienced people the beginners are very much kind of should I do this or should I do that often you know what kind of subject should I focus on first of all that'll just kind of emerge as you go but secondly the whole point of of what I teach is to try and get people to keep saying what feels good what feels good what feels good yeah and we and we so often put that consideration to the back of the list of things to decide it's all the sensible reasons people often even at beginner level are thinking about what what will sell you know yeah that's what I was going to say and also we look for results we look for results too quickly perhaps I think all of us look for results in things too quickly like the first time we try something or the first time we do something or and actually you know when you get into the habit of doing something you know consistency here in the podcast we're talking about every week but consistency for you as an artist is 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 going to be much more long term than that it's you showing up at open studios three years running like and that's why it's hard that's why you've got to be driven by things that come much more internally from you because that's what we need to do to keep going. And that's when the results come and your lady comes back two years later and says, I'd still like to buy three paintings, please. Yeah. Tough, yeah. isn't it? It is. Oh, well, there we go. Doing it. So it's, it's, imagine how tough it would be if it was something you didn't like. 
Yes. Then it's tough. Then it's a grind. Then it's, but when it's something you love, it it comes so much more easily. So, so that's our criteria then for choosing in sliding doors is what feels good. And you never know. Go for it because you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Because whatever you pick, um, you know, one of the things that Gary V had said, and I'll close with this was, um, somebody said, should I go to college or take this job I've been offered? It was a, you know, a young person. And he said, I don't know, pick one. And he said, you know, if you take the job, what happens? You take the job. It's a brilliant job. They send you to a business meeting on a plane, the plane crashes and you die. If you'd gone to college, you'd still be alive. <laughs> on the other hand, the plane might not crash and probably won't. And you'll probably not. In other words, though, you cannot know. No. So just pick one and do it and then when you've picked make the best of it so our listener question this week actually fits in with what i was talking about earlier emma jones who's a printmaker and her instagram handle is at we blue press so i'm guessing she's scottish um but emma says when is too pushy when making sales so what for you Alice do you think is too pushy when you're trying to sell something have you ever been too pushy do you think have I ever been too pushy probably probably yeah I mean I think um you could argue that you're too pushy when you send an extra email and somebody unsubscribes Mm. or you could say that sending that extra email if that person unsubscribes, then they're never going to be an interested buyer anyway. So again, you haven't lost anything, have you? You've just kind of refined the situation a little bit. Um, I think this comes back to what, what you're there for, really. And as artists, as different artists, we have different reasons for doing it. And, you know, how much you want to sell is, is, you know it's how long is it it's a massive difference in scale between people who want to make a full-time living at it people who are happy to sell a couple of paintings a year and everything in between but if making sales is important to you for whatever reason I think it's your job to do whatever you can to facilitate that and I actually I do find it quite interesting because the whole psychology of why people buy things or why people choose not to buy things is is fascinating and very individual so what's pushy for one person will not come across as pushy for another so you're never going to get it right but I think the biggest mistake that I see is not people being too pushy but it's people not being pushy enough and I wouldn't even use the word pushy I would take that out of your vocabulary don't say you're calling it you're not being pushy you're making it easy for somebody to make a decision and you're helping them along the way and I think so much of selling I've I've always I didn't know this until I was maybe 35 40 but I actually have a gift for selling and not um being salesy but and I realize and I realize the gift is the ability to read a person and know what they want I mean not every time but I can generally sense where somebody is and then meet them there and that is the biggest sales skill if it's possible to learn yeah 
I don't know why I'm able to do that, but I've always been able to do it and connect then with the person where they are. So I can see, yeah, this person um, is going to be very decisive and, and know what they want. And all I have to do is a little nudge. This person's going to need me to step away and give them space, but mm-hmm. just a few hints. This mm-hmm. person's going to need me to guide them over here and tell them what's, which one is a good painting and why, you know, so it's, it's but and that I don't know how you learn that but people give off signals so I think it's a case of listening and observing and often I think I've seen people at art fairs they're so nervous about making the sale and they're so in their own mind about what to say next that they're perhaps not watching the body language the interaction between a couple so that you can see who's the decision maker and who's not and who you need to be focusing on and and reading or just that you can see they need you to back off now versus they need you to come in and really have a chat and you're never going to get that right every time but you get a lot of clues yeah and I agree with you entirely and that that's why I say I think if you if you drop the pushy because if your worry is about you being pushy or not being pushy that's what you're going to be thinking of. That's where your concern is going to be. And your, 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 it's not your sales, but you really need to be, it's matchmaking, right? It, it's much, nobody, nobody is interested in pushing work on somebody who doesn't want it. They're not yeah. going to buy it anyway. It I mean, work. That's not why people buy art. But I think the issue is people often want it they have a desire for it but there are things that they're concerned about that they're worried about so they might be worried about does it fit how's it going to look in my house and there might be money concerns and all of those things you can appreciate understand and help with but only if you're focused enough on that person and what they need rather than what whether you're being pushy or not so if you can take being pushy out of your equation you've got space for that now Online, of course, it's a little bit different. You're not involved in that conversation. You don't have body language. Sometimes you get it in emails from people where you can clearly see they kind of want it, but they just need an extra little bit of reassurance. Um, And actually something that you can do on that that works pretty nicely, um, I think because it just reassures people that you're human and people like buying from somebody else. You know, if somebody sends you a message, for example, on Instagram, a dm about something you could send them a voice message back again Mm. you know and then if you send them a voice message and then maybe send them your phone number or something they're much more likely to call you than if you just send them your phone number because it's almost like they've already started having a conversation with you Mm. so i think now is that too pushy i don't know in some people's book it might be in my book it isn't but yeah. you get braver. I think you do get a little bit braver in this once you can see, once you have, again, enough experience of situations where perhaps you have been too pushy and actually the end result is two happy parties. Then it's easier to do it a little bit yeah. the next time. But it's a learning thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But really, so listen, listen, watch, watch, and, and don't worry about yourself. Worry about them. That's, I think, our advice. And always, always send one more email or do one more post than you think is necessary. Yeah, even though somebody will either unsubscribe or write back and say, what's with all these emails or something, you know, well, that person was never, like you say, never going to be your customer anyway. 
So, this week, what have you enjoyed? Go-karting. Go karting. I really enjoyed. <laughs> I haven't done that for well, very many years. We went go karting. We had um, three fifteen-year-old girls, and um, on the way there, Paul said to me, he said, he said, he said, I think I might, I might let one of them win. All I can say is, when he got on that racetrack, I tell you, there was no letting anyone else win. <laughs> he was like, he was. He was ahead and he held his position all through like the practice and the trial run to get his position on the final race. Anyway, he won. Um, I, I had a little patch where I thought, I, you know, this is, this, this is turning into the adults versus the kids. But it's the adrenaline. <laughs> it was just really good fun to have the adrenaline. And there was a patch where um, Amy overtook me. And I thought, well, that's good, because that means she'll be second now. And then she just did something really stupid. And I thought, oh, what could, I could put the brakes on and really let her win. And then I thought, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but she, I mean, she actually thought that that was very funny. But it was, it was really, really good fun, I think. Um, you know, partly because you can be, you know, you can be competitive with yourself, against your previous lap time and you're learning it and you're each each time you go round you're trying to take that corner a bit better and it was just really good fun so we just really enjoyed that we had a good day but I have to say it was hard work hard work on your arms like pulling that steering wheel round oh I've not thought of that I know new new respect for racing car drivers that That will last probably about five minutes (laughs) that does sound like good fun well, I haven't done anything that much fun. I haven't done anything for so long that I have nothing fun like that to report. But I do have, I've had a lot of lovely emails this week. Uh, but I actually got a letter, a real life letter from somebody in the post, which I can't remember the last time I got a proper letter to sit down and read. Mm. And it was from one of our listeners. It was from Liz and she was telling me in the letter how excited she was because I mentioned her once before on the podcast in conversation and she said that she just was she was so shocked and excited and it was like she'd be mentioned on the podcast so you're getting mentioned again Liz because she sent me this like three-page letter just talking about the different connections of the things that I've done and we've done have meant to her she's had a bit of a hard time lately and hopefully Liz things are going to get better but she, uh, the real reason she wrote to me was she has written a poem and she wrote the poem before she heard me discussing this idea of palimpsests, which for anyone who didn't hear that episode, that word means, and this I'll mangle the description, but it's basically um, something that's written over something else from a, from a time past. And it's often used now to describe um, memory situations. So a time you were somewhere and then thinking back on a time you were there before. And that's the name of the poem she sent me. And it's a long poem and we've gone on a long time. So I won't read the whole poem, but it finishes. Will you put it in the show notes? I will. Yes, I, uh, if I can, I've got it printed here. I could, I could do a photograph of it or something and put it in the show notes. It's very good. Um, And it's about the moor that we both go to. She lives in the town where I take Riley up on the moors a lot. And so the the poem um, ends with these two verses. The palimpsest of childhood summers out all day on the bracken bright hills, now crossed with new paths, formed not by sheep or children's feet, but by those social distancing through the undergrowth. 
and this network of new walking paths reveals at times the tracks below, stones marked by ancient men and women following the stars and leaving signs for us to follow now. So much of lockdown life is simply a page to rewrite again and again. Mm. And I just love that. And, and when you're on the moor, you do see these tracks where people have gone, oh, I can't walk near them, so I'm going to yeah. make a new path. So thank you very much, Liz, because both the letter and the poem meant so much. And um, also thank you to everyone else for the lovely emails. But that was just a really nice... I like getting letters. I'd like, I, 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 I miss those days when people posted you letters and you put a cup of tea, got a cup of tea and sat down and went, read them. So it was nice. I have a nice collection of cards and things that people have sent and written. Yeah. They, they all sit together in a file and then when people are being horrible to me and my family I go well at least someone likes me <laughs> <laughs> then don't, probably... you this, don't you have this little niggling thought that says yeah but they don't know me as well as the people who are being horrible to me that's <laughs> what I have it's like <laughs> yeah, they only know the pretend public version of me <laughs> not the me that's losing my rag on a Sunday morning because nobody's picked up their shoes or even worse when I've tidied someone bedroom somebody's bedroom and it's the filthiest mess less than two days later looking at you mister anyway moving on who <laughs> could you be speaking of <laughs> so oh, I don't know we're celebrating this week oh I should say should say an update on that because we had I was a bit ranty wasn't I last week about the whole university thing oh yes so um, I did, I did, I did post on my um, Facebook. So if anybody was watching on there, they would see it. So yes, the grades were reversed. Manchester finally, after eleven stressful days, said yes, we will honour our original offer. So uh, we're still waiting to hear about accommodation. That's all still in flow. Um, but yes, he's off. He's off to his university place in Manchester. So coming up north, he's coming up north. up north where we'll treat him properly. I know. I we we did say to him. We said we're talking about um, just making sure you've got a good raincoat. And I did say to him, you know, it does rain in Manchester more than anywhere else. He said, does it really? Though I was like, yeah, really, yeah, it does. yeah really, and, really. And also, Theo, and um, we we don't say supper. We say tea. tea. You're going to have your tea. You're not going to have your supper. <laughs> I, I don't think you'll get that one to change. Anyway, he's been watching Fresh Meat for research. Well, congratulations, Theo. That's brilliant. So that's everything for us this week. We hope you've enjoyed listening. If you'd like to stay in touch with either of us, you can find us on Instagram, where I am at Louise Fletcher underscore art. And Alice is at Alice Sheridan Studio. So I seem to have forgotten about actually posting in my grid. I think I've posted in my grid about five times in the last month. But hopefully back to studio means back to posting more regular posts and, and less on stories. I quite like I quite like being on stories, but I need to get back to posting in my grid a little bit more frequently. So yeah, come and follow me there and then you'll see how everything unfolds. And if you follow me, you can follow my daily walks on my stories with Mr. Riley. Okay, that's it, everybody. See you. See you next week. And thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye. start again i just wanted to make sure my mic was plugged in <laughs> only 86 episodes in I don't worry <laughs> 
I, w- I always feel like I've kind of, if, if, on the rare occasions that I get there before you, I'm kind of like... <laughs> I, I, my uh, family, my brother's just the same. So paranoid about being late. I don't know why. That yeah. we're generally early for everything. So if I say I'm going to pick my brother up, I know he'll be standing outside in the street for 15 minutes before I say I'm going to be there. I've got a little bit more relaxed about it in the last few years to the point of being a bit chilled and not always being early because I I hate it. I hate it when people are late. I think it's really rude. (laughs) I don't like it. But on the occasional times when I've been late by accident to something, the world hasn't ended. And then I tend to think I'm superhuman and I can fit a million things more in before I leave the house.